This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. On Monday, Singaporean e-commerce retailer Shopee suddenly decided to wind up operations in India. This happened within 6 months of the company entering the Indian market and expanding super aggressively into it. The move took everyone by surprise. Everyone, including my colleague Digvijay Mishra, who broke the story to the world. The closure came as a surprise to everyone, including us who are reporting on e-commerce because clearly no one had any clue. Even till last week there were plans to hire people and all those things were going but it it happened basically in a matter of 24 hours they said we are going to shut shop okay let me rephrase a bit the exit was too soon but not entirely unexpected only last month a video game owned by shopee's parent company c was banned by the indian government it alleged that c has chinese links this was despite officials from the singapore government itself repeatedly saying that the company was in fact singaporean there were widespread rumors that shopee could be next on india's list of bans so shopee and its parent had to make a choice on whether it was worth burning cash and fingers in india or exit the market and they chose the latter In this episode, we try to read into what lay behind Shopee's India exit and what this and many similar instances say about the changing dynamics of the country's business space and its geopolitics. Our guests in this very interesting conversation are Digbijay, Ramesh Kailasam, CEO of India Tech, an industry body of tech startups, unicorns and investors, and Harminder Sahani. founder of management consultant wazir advisors it's the 1st of april i am your host anirban choudhury and you're listening to shopee's choice on the morning brief the moment we entered into that meeting and seeing the faces of the consider of people who were hosting Mm-hmm. In the hosting the down or mm-hmm. at this point of time, I got you can say hint of it that something adverse is going to happen. That was Deepak, whose name we have changed on request. His voice has been morphed also on request. Deepak is talking about the fateful town hall meeting on Monday, when the Shopee management informed employees that it would wind up India operations that very midnight. You can say that every every employee was devastated because they were not really feeling this that this kind of thing that may happen in Chopi and it will happen mm-hmm. really soon. The culture was very good. The people were very good. Okay, we were not allowed to work on weekends and all those. This was the thing over there. Let's now analyze Chopi's exit itself. Both Digbijay and Ramesh agree that. there are two ways of uh, looking at this exit i think there are two parts to it and they are one would be the business and the market conditions 
and the second would be the geopolitical way of looking at things okay let's analyze the business angle first and i'll give you a little bit of a background shopee's parent singapore based c limited listed on the bourses in 2017 and quickly became not just singapore's largest company by market valuation but also the most valuable company in southeast asia C's video game and e-commerce businesses grew exponentially during the year of the pandemic as people stayed indoors, ordered from home and found ways of entertaining themselves sitting on the living room couches. Over the past 3 years, C has seen its share price soar more than 30 times. Revenue for its main businesses more than doubled during 2021. Shopee entered 4 new markets late last year. France, Spain, Poland and India. Shopee started India operations in November. It sold super cheap stuff, phone cables and covers for 50 rupees, belts and accessories for 200 rupees, sneakers for 600 and even ayurvedic immunity boosters and hair oil for 80 rupees. And it scaled up super quick. In November, it was clocking 100,000 orders a day. In December, it had a vendor base of close to 20,000 and an employee count of 300. Soon, it was one of the most popular e-commerce apps to be downloaded India-wide. And then, this year, things started going south. Globally, inflation started to bother people and banks. People started buying less. The Russia-Ukraine war happened. Markets across the world slumped. Shopee was always making losses but now its revenue growth too suffered if you look at shopee as such and the parent company aca they were announcing their results and i was going through the revenue growth and and it was mentioned that it would be half of what they did in 2021 due to poor online purchases and engagements in multiple countries in fact there was also a kind of a cautionary note that there is a drastic shift happening in such stocks and therefore e-commerce companies were under general pressure as such in terms of performance and therefore one shouldn't expect too much out of shopee's performance because the market conditions were unfavorable and running adverse i mean this was a global reading of it after touching a high in october c's stock price has been on a free fall falling by a third until thursday's close In India too, business has not been easy. See, Shopee is also operating in a in a space which is very very thin margin. Like if you're selling a product of two hundred three hundred rupees, then there is logistics cost. There are other costs involved. Sellers are involved. After that, there is very little money left. And because they were new players, they were also burning a lot of money ex- heavily in India, which makes it a very difficult business to operate in. and i think some of it has been mentioned in shopee's the official statement which talks about global market uncertainties uh that 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 kind of gives a sense that how difficult this market can be given that flipkart amazon also are operating in the space but the the chunk of their business comes from higher value products whether it's in smartphones appliances and all the other things and then it's a it's a, it has its whole own flywheel thing right for shopee i don't think that was there and 
besides the geopolitical reason, I think it had its own stock market and business uh, issues and it had to operate like that. I mean, I think the day they decided to shut the the stock price was, I think, down by 6% at around $116, but it had gone down to uh, 100 as well earlier in the month. So they had to take care of that as well. And they have pulled out of France as well. So I think it was also signaling to the investors that, you know, markets that are going to take them to spend a lot more money, they are, going, they are exiting that. Digbijay told me Shopee has been burning 20 to $30 million of cash every month. In fact, a Morgan Stanley analyst note said that for Shopee to win 5% of share of the gross merchandise value market, it would cost up to $900 million in annual EBITDA losses. But isn't that how e-commerce companies work? And don't global companies use India's huge population and demand to offset global hiccups in business? I asked Harmender. In India, retail is usually insulated from all kinds of slowdown and it's usually the first to bounce back up from any kind of impact of global economic meltdowns, etc. Does what you said and um, what Shopee also said, it attributed it to global uncertainties. Does that hold true for the Indian market as well? See, Anima, one thing which you need to understand, and I'm sure you do appreciate when you look at the amount of funding many of these companies raise and the burn they have. So, Indian market, you are insulated from all these things if you are actually making money in the business and that's the money you are investing to grow. But when you are dependent on foreign capital or international capital markets to fund your growth because you are not making any money in the business. So for them, business is less about demand from the consumer. It is more about supply of money from investors. Then it definitely matters what's happening to the exchange rates, what's happening to dollar, what's happening in Russia, what's happening in the stock markets in US or Brazil or anywhere. They get impacted by everything because it's the financial markets they are connected with, not the consumer markets. And secondly, what do you say that Indian market about as an opportunity being large, it bounces back very quickly. What you have seen, what has happened to some of the companies like Shop Blues and how Snapdeal had to also turn around and change their business model. Also, the other uh, consumer tech companies, right? So many businesses like Furlanco, again, letting go of so many people, right? So there's so many examples of those companies where funding stops. Consumer demand is there. Where, where is the dearth of consumers in India? To capture that consumer demand, they need to put in a lot of money, burn a lot of cash. If you're not getting that, then you have no business business there. While the market is there and there are other players who are taking it. Or even if other players are not taking it, you can't take it without burning money. But Ramesh gives this counterpoint. What is interesting is to see that you just entered the market six months back and suddenly you are shutting shop. You were burning cash. You were burning a lot of kind of the kind of offers that you were giving were far beyond what should be called as reasonability, and therefore contributed to the global load of actually burning cash. But having said that, they were actually growing, and in terms of numbers, as the most downloaded app, and they were actually selling a lot. E-commerce companies do this in the beginning stage of their growth phase across in different markets and then subsequently capture the markets and, and then go on a growth spree as such, post that. 
So it is surprising to say that market sentiments alone could have driven this decision because there were also other things. And that brings us to the geopolitical angle. Just before Shopee's India shutdown, the government decided to ban its parent C's video game called Free Fire. The reason was this. Chinese tech giant Tencent owned more than a fifth of shares in C. There were also revelations that data collected in the app was being stored in Chinese servers. Remember that in September 2021, the Indian government had banned PUBG, a hugely popular video game that was published and marketed by Tencent in India. Free Fire's ban led to C losing $16 billion of market capitalization in just a day. There were further losses as Tencent swiftly sold much of its stock in the company. C and the Singapore government have denied that it's Chinese. Its founder, Forrest Lee, is of Chinese origin, but a naturalized Singaporean. Some say that he became a Singapore citizen just after C listed. The jury is out on that. But Shopee's apprehensions were very real. And it wouldn't be the first e-commerce retailer whose India ambitions would be scuppered due to alleged Chinese connections. Others, like Club Factory and Sheen, have all but folded India operations under similar allegations. And Shopee got some very real, very ominous feelers. After the Free Fire ban that happened, I think the Singapore government had also written to the government of India saying that it's a Singapore company, why is it being banned in India as part of the ban on Chinese apps? Uh, From what I'm told, Indian government didn't really buy this argument. One issue also came up, I think, and I think there was a big sort of mess that happened. Tencent somewhere said that they have, they their data centers, their servers actually hold all the data of uh, C. That also was shared within government circles and it, it created so much of an effect that to an extent, Tencent actually had to pull that announcement off internet. So th- those added further to the whole Chinese angle that is there. Basically, there are apprehensions around whether it's whether, chi- whether Chinese companies, Chinese money is involved or not. If you ask me that, is there any letter saying that? No, no, I don't think we have any official letter saying that. Even on the ban, there was no explanation. Um, but but at least this is what the conversation has been for people who have been working on the issue. And from what I'm told, there were, at least informally, there were a lot of representation made. I can tell you there are three, four agencies, associations who have also, who are working on this and in constant touch with the government on this. Associations like Kate have officially said that they have made representation to the government saying, hey, look, they actually have Chinese links and uh, server data servers and data being used there. Kate, or the Confederation of All India Traders, is a lobbying body of retailers in the country. Here's what its secretary, Praveen Khandelwal, said. Well, CIT filed first complaint on 16th September 2021 directly to Prime Minister Mr. Narendra Modi, apprising him that Shopee is flouting 
प्रेस नोट नंबर थ्री ऑफ टू जीरो टू जीरो विच स्पेसिफिकली सेज दैट एनी कंट्री विच इज हैविंग लैंड बाउंड्री विद इंडिया विल हैव टू टेक अप्रूवल ऑफ द गवर्नमेंट वाइल इन्वेस्टिंग एनी मनी इन इंडिया वुड यू ऑल्सो सर फाइल सिमिलर कंप्लेन्स अगेंस्ट से पेटीएम विच हैज सिग्निफिकेंट शेयर होल्डिंग फ्रॉम चाइनीज इन्वेस्टर्स definitely we have advised our research wing to apprise us the entities who have received chinese investment but from case to case basis we will have to build arguments because any investment of china made prior to press note number 3 perhaps will not be applicable in this case whereas there could be some other valid grounds on which we can definitely ask government of india to take a immediate note of it because um, uh, tencent has made it very clear that shopee is storing data on the on the clouds of tencent located in china i asked ramesh to explain the situation to me first up what is press note 3 so 17th april when government of india published press note 3 where it amended paragraph 3.1.1 of the fdi policy as contained in the consolidated fdi policy 2017 the intent was to curb opportunities take takeovers and acquisitions of indian companies and at the same time it also said that an entity of a country which shares a land border with india where the beneficial owner of an investment into india is situated in or as a citizen of such country and so on So basically if a chinese entity has to invest in india it has to seek government approval same applies for a pakistani company but c and shopee are neither so in this case it was interesting because pils were filed people went to the competition commission you had the traders saying this is surrogate way of entering the market there were people claiming that the nationals actually belong to that land border which india was sharing up north but they had taken up Uh, citizenship of another country in this case singapore and therefore technically and and plus the investors were from the the land border country of india but however the the fact is that the defense was that okay such companies have always invested in the past but there is also a life before press note 3 and a life after press note 3 so it was important to read from that perspective that post press note 3 that to in e-commerce was any due diligence done to allow such a company to enter and operate in india were the checks and balances put in place beforehand for a scrutiny to allow them to operate was the beneficial ownership aspect looked at were the hosting aspects looked at all of that led to people writing to the government to say hey maybe the the spirit of press note 3 seems to have been violated here because the the there are telltale signs of surrogate ownership coming from different quarters okay just one small clarification on press note 3 does it work retrospectively also or just investments post 2020 or in 2020 because tencent has been invested in c way before 2018 there are annual reports of 2017 that mention tencent as one of the major shareholders yeah that that's an interesting way to look at it now if you look at press note 3 what it said was any investment post this press note 3 investments that happened into indian startups pre press note 
obviously everything was allowed then and if you look at investments that happened post press note 3 obviously you have to go through the scrutiny of the government approval route but having said that you may have been a foreign entity where the investment could have happened pre press note 3 but the fact is that the origins of that company and the control of that company and this entry by that company is happening post press note 3 subjects it to scrutiny naturally since Shopee decided to fold up before an actual ban came to it, this confusion may never be cleared. But for now, let's get back to the business angle. Shopee's rival, Misho, was quick to take a dig at its exit. In a tweet, it said, Shopeeing is the simplest, easiest and fastest with Misho. But even with this formidable rival out, it's not going to be easy for the Bangalore-based startup. Misho, which actually started as a social commerce uh, platform, now they've completely made a big pivot to direct consumer e-commerce, take, trying to compete with the bigger players like Flipkart and Amazon. Their also speciality is this this lower end of categories where they are operating, whether it could be some fashion item, home and kitchen or anything like that. So... And I, from what we are given to understand, and we have mentioned it in our reporting, their monthly burn is like 40 to 45 million. And that is not a small amount. Now, obviously, Misho has had a lot of funding and they are going on for more funding. We don't know if it has closed yet or not. But it just it shows that even for an Indian player, which has been around, which knows the operations and all, it, it is taking that much that kind of a money for them to even have a chance in the market. Does this mean that the huge promise and potential that e-commerce companies, especially new players, saw in India, is that potential waning, especially also with big players and incumbents like Reliance getting increasingly aggressively into this space? I think it's already well established that it is very difficult to sort of operate here and there were a bunch of even Indian vertical e-commerce players who are not there anymore including the likes of if you see players like Japong which basically there was a fire sale and Flipkart eventually bought it and it, it doesn't even exist anymore so it's, the market has been a duopoly for a while now and it is well established I think I'm just reiterating one of my previous points that it takes a lot of capital to to have a chance to win in a market like this, which is so huge. And of course, it, it requires all, all sorts of investments. But I wouldn't read into it that, hey, nothing can be done in Indian e-commerce. It's it's always going to be difficult. And even whether you're a startup or you're an established person, established company, it will need a lot of capital. It's a very, very competitive market, right? So India always has been like that because they, it's too much in the limelight from a consumer market point of view. In almost every sector, competition becomes too intense too soon. You cannot find too many markets in the world where H&M, Zara, Gap and Uniqlo all landed in the same country within five, six years of each other. So yes, market is there, but so is the competition. But good news is there is a capital chasing right and if you have a good model and if you are able to deliver it capital chases you and if you are able to compete with the book people as your rewards are equally higher 
when people like Tata's and people like Alliance, they have also jumped into it. And the Walmart has already landed and acquired Flipkart. Now the consolidation is at a different level altogether. Shopee has been generous to its employees, offering them three months of severance pay packages and alternate employment in other group companies, a digital financial services business and a digital entertainment business. Deepak says the opportunities include those outside of India, which is just as well, because when one company has been banned and another quit under apprehensions of a ban, there is no saying the other companies too aren't in danger. Shopee will meanwhile look to expand in markets like Brazil, another location with huge population and potential, but with perhaps slightly less complex geopolitics. But its India exit raises many questions on ease of doing business in India, on the fertility of the retail space itself, and on the crisscrossing of politics and business. Should e-commerce players rethink their strategy of burning cash and incurring losses in the hope of ultimately gaining from India's huge demand and growth story? Because those gains ain't coming soon. Should overseas players be more wary than ever of the Indian political and policy quagmire? Will the government's tough stance on anything remotely Chinese hamper its overall prospects of foreign investment? The answers won't be easy. That's it for today. You were listening to Shopee's Choice on the Morning Brief. This episode was edited and produced by my colleague Nehal Chaliawala from ET and Sondarya Jayachandran from Awaz. Sound editor Varun Kapahi from Awaz. Executive producer Arjit Barman, ET. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Do write to us at the morning brief at timesgroup.com. This is your host Anirban Chaudhary wishing you a good day and weekend ahead.